This is Carol Foster of 2 Timothy 2.15 Resources, and I am so excited that you're going to join me today as we study God's Word. The response New Messianic believers give when asked why they initially visited a Messianic congregation is, we knew there had to be more. As we study together, we will begin to see that yes, indeed, there has to be more. For additional study aids to assist you in studying along with us, go to our website, sectim.org. I'm so glad you joined us for this session. Doug, my husband, and I were in the middle of a conversation uh, regarding covenant and righteousness. One of the things that we had talked about in our previous sessions was the fact that covenant was given for our benefit and that it has never, ever changed. We have a renewing or a refreshing, but God does not eliminate things from the covenant. God never changes, neither does his word. In our last session together, Doug and I were talking about the mosaic, or the covenant that God had made with Moshe, Moses. In this covenant, he was given the Torah, ordinances, statutes, and the mitzvot. Now, Torah, of course, we know is basically the first five books of the Bible. It's also called the Pentateuch. Now, in this, he was told what was good behavior, how they should act uh, between themselves, how they would should interact with other nations or other people groups. But the most important thing was how they were to approach him, how they were to worship him and how they were to walk out their love for him in their daily lives through obedience. We also found that when God gave them this Torah or these instructions, that it was to make them a people unto himself. And through their behavior through their actions and through their reverence, fear, and uh, worship of God, they were to draw other nations to God. The Hebraic people have always had a commission from God to go and teach all the other nations and bring them in as part of God's people. That's always been their commission. It seems like they've gone away from that a little bit, but that has been their commission. It's God's intent to reach all the people of the world. He doesn't want anybody lost. Whether you're Jew or Gentile, he doesn't want you lost. You're his people. He created us. He created you, and he created you for a purpose. And that purpose wasn't to be destroyed. Well, and when we look at the Jewish people themselves, they have a mindset that they were created and put on earth to make this a better place. Agreed. Now, when the covenant was cut with Abraham, we know that one of the things that God said in that covenant was that through his seed, all the world would be blessed. And, of course, we know in our studies that it came through the line of David that Yeshua was born, and indeed through him, All the world has been blessed. It's very interesting. Even if you look at the line of Yeshua, how many Gentiles are in there? We're not going to go into that at this point, but if you really want to take a look at it, I think that makes an interesting study. 
I think so. I really think so. And I just want to talk for a second about the ordinances and the mitzvotes and the statutes. We're talking about the festivals. Amen. We're talking about not just the Ten Commandments, but there's so many out there that are applicable to us and not to us. People think, well, you're, you're, uh, you have to do every single one of them. You know, there's commandments for women that men can't do. There's commandments for men that women can't do. There's commandments for priests. There's commandments for, uh, for the temple. Yep. Well, and since we don't have a temple today, those commandments can't be done. If you live in the land of Israel, then there's commandments that should be done. So it's a, it isn't a, a um, I have to obey all 600 and 613. 613 of them. There's the ones that are applicable to you. And we also know that the festivals are so important. If you've done any kind mm. of a study on the festivals, you can actually see prophecy. And some well, of them have been fulfilled and some of them have not been filled. But it's a call. You know, I always say if God sent you an invitation and said to you, I want to meet you on the first day of the month. Now we're talking the Hebraic calendar. The first day of the month. And I want to spend time just with you. How many of us would stand God up? I don't think that would be very many people. No. No. I don't think so at all. You, When you look at that, it's not just the first of every month, which God says is an important time. It also says it's a time when his gates are open, which means he will draw closer at that time. But he also does that on the Shabbat. And he also does it on certain days of festivals. We discussed it when we were talking about the Shabbat. The first two things that God set aside as holy is the Shabbat, is the Shabbat and his people. Amen. And that could really bring us into replacement theology, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Yeah, it's it's very interesting though when you when you start to look at how often God says He wants to make time for you. He's putting time in His schedule for you. And how many of us are willing to make time for Him? Are you meeting your appointments with God? You know, it's something we really need to look at and, and start really paying attention to. That's why he has his festivals. That's why he has his Shabbats. That's why he has all this set aside just for us. You need to look at when you can approach God. If you can get a double blessing just by being there on Shabbat, wouldn't you want to? Well, and I always think, you know, if God says that this is holy and this is important to me and I want to meet you on this day, which is the Shabbat, why would you choose not to do so? Because Sunday's better. Well, I think, again, I think this is replacement theology. Yes, it is. I think so many people are uninformed. And that's sad. Well, yes, it's, it's... not always just uninformed, but a lot of them are misinformed. And you said we don't want to get into replacement theology right now, so I'm going to curb 
my statements. Well, let's move forward. We're talking about covenants. We saw again that the covenants were not changed and that nothing was taken away from them. God does not make mistakes. God's word stands. He does not change, nor does his word change. So if he's given us his word, it still stands. You know, God has said directly that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, if he doesn't change, and he doesn't change his, that means he doesn't change his mind, then how could this go away? Well, you know, it's not like saying, I'm sure God isn't going, oops, I made a mistake. Exactly. We have a promise. In Yermiyahu, or Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 31 through 34, we really have a, a really good idea of what's going to happen. The prophet speaking, and I'm going to read that because I think it's really important. Yermiyahu, I always get tongue-tied, says, Behold, the days come, saith Jehovah, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they broke, Although I was a husband unto them, saith Jehovah, but this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says Jehovah. I will put my law in their inward parts, and in their heart will I write it. And I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, No, Jehovah, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith Jehovah. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin will I remember no more. This is one of the verses, one of the passages that people point to and say that it's going to be gone, that covenants will be gone. But I want us to look at this. It says, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It does not say, I will make a new covenant with the Gentiles. It does not say, I will make a new covenant with everybody else in the world. It says, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now, one thing we need to realize on this, when you accept Yeshua, you are grafted in to the commonwealth of Israel. So that really leads to the point that we are part of the family. Right. Here, though, it's really talking about the national Israel and the national Judah. It's not talking about the people group. It's talking about the national. So we, I have been grafted into the commonwealth of Israel because I'm a believer in Messiah. But I will never be a Jew. True. But I am part of that commonwealth. So when he's talking about Israel and Judah here, he's talking about the fact that he's going to change He's going to change their, his relationship with them. Prior to that, they had a relationship through keeping the laws. And they kept them in order to have that right relationship. It was not a heart matter. It was a head matter. And he's going to change that. Absolutely. No more by works are you saved, but through the blood of Yeshua. 
Well, and that's when he's talking about, I will write the Torah on your heart. Yes. And I think he actually means that literally, because I think there's going to come a time when he's going to fully release the Ruach. And the that Holy Spirit. Re- the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will fill all his people. And with the Holy Spirit, we will have his commandments written on our heart. I think there will be no desire to go away from them because the Ruach is living within us. I think that's one of the things that's really interesting about the Messianic movement is that once you realize that God does not change, His Word does not change, and how many of us have asked, Lord, show me how to live my life. Show me how to walk out my life. He has given us those instructions. But most most people today, most believers today, don't realize that that's exactly what it is. As I mentioned, I think, in the previous section, the Bible is a book. It's an instruction book. And whenever you write an instruction book, you put all the pertinent instructions up in the front. And then the enhancements and the build-ons all go towards the end. Well, the Bible's exactly the same way. The instructions on how to live your life, how to relate with your Father, how to move closer into the blessings of God are all up in the front. And all the back part is just enhancements. The Word is a progressive revelation. It's a progressive revelation. You know, we, we could not get all of God. If He would open up our head and shove everything to it one time, we would implode. Well, we just couldn't grasp it. That's true, because He is so vast... Well, we still can't grasp all of him, and we'll never. I think we'll still be learning when we're seated with him during the millennium. One of the things uh, I look at is we are really infants in the whole scheme of time. When I taught my kids how to read, you begin with doing letter, letter recognition. And those letters, A is for apple, B is for ball, probably every single person can recite the alphabet because that's the songs that we've sung for our children so that they can learn. Then from that, again, letter recognition. Then they start learning very basic words. Now, I don't know how everybody else did it, but I would put an apple and I would put the name of the apple on it. So I had stuff all over the house for the kids. But then they put them together and made sentences then the sentences became stories. So this is the same thing he does with us. He says, this, I'm going to introduce myself to you. And then gradually he reveals more and more about himself to us. The whole Bible, and I've said this before, the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah, is a story of reconciliation. From the very beginning to the very end, it's a story of reconciliation and love from our Father. The whole thing, and one of the things that the Bible concludes with, is the purpose of Yeshua coming. His primary purpose actually is not our salvation. His primary purpose is to reconcile us with the Father. And we are, we became 
we lost our reconciliation because of sin. Correct. But now, salvation is a byproduct of that. But the main purpose was reconciliation with the Father. And that He could be an intermediary for us as a a sinner. For our righteousness. We have no righteousness on our own. Except through Him. But our righteousness comes through Him. Not by anything that we have done. But because and through Him we are dressed with His righteousness when we accept Him. I want us to look then at the promise. And... As we read in Yermiyahu, we see that the promise was that there's going to be a time coming when our law or the instructions will be written on our, on our hearts. And who's going to write it there? Jehovah himself is going to write his instructions on our heart. And he will be our God and they shall be my people and no longer will we have to go out and uh, tell every man, do you know Jehovah? When this happens, when God does this with the people of Israel and Judah, or, yeah, Judah, when he does this, no longer will there have to be missionaries in, these, in uh, Israel. Because every eye will see at the same time. That's going to be an amazing time when all their eyes are open. Well, that's what it says. Know Jehovah, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them. Then they will call out, Baruch, Haba, Bashem, Adonai. Absolutely. Absolutely. They'll mourn what they've done, but there uh, there will be forgiveness at that time. Well, let's talk about what people call the New Covenant. Okay, the New Covenant. Are you saying what people call the New Covenant, or what is the New Covenant? No, I want, let's talk about what, first of all, people call the New Covenant. In reading the Bible, it's very difficult to tell what they call the New Covenant, because they have really done away with everything. They're saying everything is through grace, and that there's nothing to do. And that's so far away from the truth that it's really hard to comprehend in my well I think they, they take it from when Yeshua was asked what's the greatest commandment of all he said love you know love thy neighbor as thyself and he also said talked about grace and forgiveness but we we misinterpret correct what he's talking about he's not saying that we get rid of everything else and grace, 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 grace forgives everything. Yes, it's because of grace that he can forgive everything. But grace does not supersede covenant. No, not at all. That's why I say it's very difficult for me to even see that. Now, but prior to the revelation of uh, Yeshua, as a um, Jewish rabbi. I mean, there's people out there today that will be shocked when he comes back <laughs> as a Jewish rabbi. That's true. When you see him in the tallit. Pale. Pale. Yeah, that's going to be in a full beard. and It's going to be quite a shock to a lot of people. And that's one thing that's kind of scary because you begin to think, will people recognize him? 
What's going to happen to the people that don't recognize him? Is it going to be the same as the Jewish people that didn't recognize him the same t- the first time? It's something that we really need to consider. Well, and again, just mention a little bit about replacement theology. So many people today believe that the Jewish nation itself has been replaced by the Gentiles. And that in doing so, they are not recipients of any of God's grace or mercy. Yet, through the word it says, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And that has never changed. Well, and he's also, these are my people. These are, yes, And my people love me and I love my people. And that's not going to change either. No, you can't take them out of his hand. Back to back to your definition of Jehovah Ra, our shepherd. He knows his sheep, and his sheep know his voice. Well, on the end of that scripture, it says, "And nothing can snatch them out of and, my hand." And nothing can snatch them. My Father them. has given them to me, and nothing can snatch them out of His hand. I want us to look at Luke 22, verse 20, because I think this is where so many people get that. And the cup in the like manner after supper, saying, now this is Yeshua, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, even that which is poured out for you. Now he's speaking of a new covenant here, but that word new also means in the original language, refreshed or renewed. Now, the difference here, of course, is that no longer will the blood of bulls and goats and sheep be slain. Because they never did remove sin. But the refreshed or the renewed, the addition to it, is the fact that Yeshua's blood is poured out. And it does remove sin. Still requires repentance, though. Yes, absolutely. But removing the sin, he, he has given us a way, a true way. And you say, what? And it's our sin nature. I didn't mean to interrupt. But so many, think it's, so many people think it's removing our sins. Yes, it is. But it's more than that. It's removing our sin nature. Before, we didn't have a choice not to sin. But now we do have a choice. Yes. And it is said that when Yeshua descended into Sheol, he gave the people there the opportunity to come to him. So all were not lost. One of the things I want to look at also then is that this is carried through all the way to the book of the Revelation. We could see in Revelation that he identifies the people that will be with him. Those that will persevere are those who keep my commandments and testify or keep the, take the, testify of the word of Yeshua. So it's a double thing. It's commandments and Yeshua. Absolutely. Yeshua is the way. The way, the truth, and the light. And no one comes unto the Father except through Him. Well, and He Himself says, If you love me, you mm. will keep my commandments. He has said that several times. Yes. And yet people seem to ignore it or not understand what the commandments are. When you go back to Mount Sinai, who gave the commandments? 
The commandments were given by the voice of God. The Word. The Word. Who is the Word? Yeshua is the, the Word. Yeshua is the Word. I know we were a little convoluted today and our last session, but the point we really wanted to make was the fact that the covenant stands. It was never done away with. It will stand forever. And it's the only way to righteousness for man is through Jehovah Tiskanu, who is our righteousness. Thank you for joining us today as we delved into the beautiful truths of God's Word to indeed discover that there has to be more. I pray that the Word applied to your daily life will bring a deeper understanding of His love letter written just to you. Let me remind you that we have additional study aids to assist you with our studies together on our website, sectim.org. May this day fill you with the love of God, joy, and shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken in your life.